Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamily Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome back for another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. Of course, we're bringing you super amazing content. I hope you guys are doing well. Spring has sprung. It is so nice and sunny over here. So I'm hoping that those that are impacted by seasonal affective disorder are coming up through their hump. Guys, I uh, say this, that you should look at other content if there's anything that speaks to your soul. I have so many different topics that you can just go and and dive in to really help with your healing journey. Just a quick plug in guys, I've been expanding my private practice business, Beauteous Mind, LCSW PLLC, um, providing private practice, private therapy uh, for individuals in New York state. So super excited about that. But enough about updates. I'm excited to bring you another amazing guest here to talk about something that is a little sore topic for many of us, especially women, um, especially with summer creeping up. Uh, so if you can guess, we are going to definitely talk about diet, nutrition, weight loss, but this is a different conversation. This is not how we can give you the meal plan, the five-day meal plan, a 30-day cleanse, a water cleanse, juice cleanse, whatever, intermittent fasting. This is a deep-rooted conversation on how we get to the crux of what's impacting you in really succeeding in your health and wellness journey. So I am so excited to have Lizzie Kangro here, who is an amazing nutritionist. She's actually an internationally acclaimed nutritionist and wellness coach with a passion for helping others finally feel good about themselves and love their body unconditionally. Did you hear that, guys? Unconditionally. So in 2017, she founded Nutrition by Lizzie to help clients achieve sustainable long-term health and wellness using a combination of nutrition, movement, and mindset. Lizzie, thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. And what a wonderful introduction. (laughs) Thank you. I'm excited to have this conversation. Some of it might be for selfish reasons and that's okay, guys. But I always ask my guests at the beginning, can you tell us a little bit about your story? What inspired you that said, you know what? This is not just about me being a nutritionist and I'll tell you what you have to eat. Make sure it's not that much carbs. You have equal amounts of fats and, and veggies and all that extra stuff. Let's get deeper into it. So tell us about your story. Yeah. So I feel like with most people in the health and wellness industry, um, I started off with my own journey into discovering unconditional love for my body. So I talk a little bit more about this in Reclaim the Rebel, but essentially I um, suffered from a 10-year eating disorder as a teenager. Um, I had anorexia nervosa, and that came as a result of my granddad passing away of a heart attack. And in my naivety, I thought somehow that I had caused it because I create, I baked him a cake a couple of days before to make him feel better uh, for him going through chemotherapy. And so when he died, I kind of vowed to myself that that would never happen again and I would learn how to be healthy. Now, I think you can see where this is going. I turned to magazines, um, non-expert advice, um, and 
really became very, very ill as a result because I wasn't um, nourishing myself correctly. And so hence I entered into this terrible um, state of anorexia nervosa. And really that was the beginning of my journey um, to rediscovering unconditional love for my body. So I became a nutritionist really as a result of learning finally how to nourish my body in a healthy, balanced way. However, that didn't, (laughs) my journey didn't stop there because whilst I was helping clients physically with their nutrition and their, also their exercise, I'm a, I'm a certified fitness instructor. What I saw in my own life and also in the lives of my clients was this underlying limiting belief of I'm not good enough, or I don't have the willpower to sustain this or, you know, I can't do this. I'm not capable of that. And these limiting limiting beliefs or what I call stories, and again, I mentioned this in Reclaim the Rebel, is really the secret source to actually achieving unconditional love for our bodies. I strongly believe that, yes, nutrition and um, movement in a balanced way can be super, super important. But without that mindset piece, it is um, essential to dial that in and so that we can feel good in mind and in body. So now people refer to me as their self-love sister. <laughs> and I love that because really my job and my passion um, and my purpose in life is to help as many women as possible achieve that feeling of being able to confidently step into the body that they love without having to go to extremes in terms of their diets, in terms of their workouts, um, and in also um, being able to silence their their limiting beliefs and their stories, or what I also call your inner mean girl voice. Yeah. So really, I kind of address all of those uh, those facets because I've been through it. I've been through the trenches and know personally first of all how painful it can be but now it is my duty because I have been able to discover the tools that you know have got me through it to pass those on to to other women yes so you wrote this book yeah your book is called reclaim the rebel can you tell us a little bit a little bit because I am gonna dig deep about what inspired you to say all right I have these tools I've been helping these women love on themselves unconditionally. Now let me put this manual together because it, it that's what it is, guys. It is a manual. It's an awesome book. You have journal entries at the end. Don't want to give too much away because you guys need to get the book, but I'll let Lizzie keep on as far as like telling us a little bit more about, first of all, the title and then uh, about this book. Yeah. So I, I love that plug, by the way. <laughs> Next in the post. Um, so Reclaim the Rebel, the title really came from the idea that we are all born with unconditional love for our bodies. As babies, we love our bodies unconditionally. We don't know how to hate on ourselves, right. but our experiences of the world the um, culture in which we grow up in, the family dynamic that we grow up in, the stories that we hear in the playground, all of those things cause us to lose our sense of self-love. So it's not about, I, I get this objection a lot, and I had it when I was going through my own personal journey of, well, 
I don't even like my body. How can I even begin to love it? And what I say Mm. to that is that it's not something that you achieve. It's something that you reclaim because that's what you had in childhood. That's when you had when you were born. So it is your natural birthright to have unconditional love for yourself. So let's reclaim that and do it in a rebellious way. So that's where the rebel comes in because I think all of us want to be a little bit of the rebel. It feels kind of fun. It feels kind of good. Yeah, like just (laughs) just by you saying that, it's not that you have to love it, it's reclaiming it. And Mm -hmm. that is part of the mindset piece. Like that just, it stood out to me, reclaim. It's like you're saying, yes, that body that I have, I don't like it, but I'm going to reclaim it to see it in a different light. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. So in your book, what are the 12 rebellious acts to find self-love through nutrition, movement, and mindset? Oh gosh. Okay. I'm going to run through them. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I had, to, I had to, you know, get a little deep with it. I was like, wait, there are 12 and one of them, you know, I'm definitely going to jump in and talk about, but. Yes. Yes. So, um, rebellious act one is live your life backwards. Um, Number two, rewrite your story. Three, take your glasses off. Four, uh, prioritize yourself. Mm-hmm. Five is being vulnerable. Six, forgive yourself. Seven, trust your gut. Eight, move for pleasure and not punishment. Nine, ease up. Ten, uh, dress up or down. Eleven, let go of comparison. And twelve, have a cheer squad. Listen, the first chapter. Mm write your story backwards was interesting for you to say it's, you know, it's, it's what mindset coaches do, right? It's, it's how, what do you envision? Live it, sit in it, dream it. It's what therapists also sit in sessions and saying, if you could imagine what your life would look like in the next five months, as we've been going through therapy, Sit it, feel it, smell it, envision it. It's, it's, it's very much that mindset shift, that mindfulness. And for you to do, it's like a reverse engineer movement. It's where you start from point A, literally where you start from Z. You want to get from A through Z, how people say, but we're starting through Z to get to A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That I found so fascinating. It's like you literally have to sit with yourself and say, okay, so the end goal is this but I'm going to start at this. That, yeah. that for me, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I really, really enjoyed that. So I want to get into so many diet programs, exercise programs, supplements. You go, you, I, I can go on Google right now on my phone and say how to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. And I will get a list of pills. I will get a list of, you know, keto, this, that extra, all these things. Mm-hmm. Why is it that you feel that these programs, these things are costing you actually more? Yeah, great question. So um, essentially, by the diet industry sells us the belief that we're not good enough. And by buying into the diet industry, mm-hmm. we are we are selling ourselves. We're buying into that belief of we're not good enough. And I think mm. this is a major problem that I see in the diet industry, but also widely into the personal development industry yeah. where 
people feel like they're broken and that they need fixing. And so by buying into these products and programs and the latest fad diet, what we're really saying is that we're not good enough right now. Mm. But luckily, when the diet, (laughs) when we buy into the diet, get those supplements, get the cleanse, then we'll be good enough. Mm. Guess what? That is never the case. Um, Over 90% of diets fail. And it's a $66 billion industry. So there's something wrong there. (laughs) Can I just say, there is something hugely, hugely wrong there. And there is, let me know, because it's like, you know, I've been, I'm like, I could name you every program and I could tell you what I have to have on my plate. Yeah. And it's costing us. It is costing us a lot. (laughs) It's costing us our money, of course, but it's also costing us our most precious asset, which is our time. Like, where are we going to be five, 10 years, 15 years from now, if we keep buying into those diets and those products that tell us that we're not good enough? We're going to be, some people are going to be, all right, well, we're going to be stuck in the same place. No, we're not going to be stuck in the same place. We're going to be back at square zero as opposed Mm -hmm. to square one because we've wasted our time. Um, and we've wasted our energy, we become more and more frustrated, we become more and more disenfranchised, more disconnected with our bodies. So I would argue that it is hugely costly just in terms of our physical, financial health, our time, and also just how we feel about ourselves. It's kind of this vicious cycle that we need to rebel against. Mm. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because... Um... I was out having brunch celebrating one of my really close sister friends because we've been friends since elementary school. So at this point, I, I, I don't even consider you a best friend. It's a sister friend. And we were just having a conversation um, about, you know, someone she knew who had gastric bypass, but that she still eats donuts every day. And she, you know, she's a nurse. So she was baffled. She was just like, so you had the surgery, you lost the weight but yet you're still eating these things that are unhealthy that caused you to gain the weight mm-hmm. and to get there. And in you know, our table conversation, we were talking about um, that if you're not dealing with the deep-seated, rooted issues that cause you to get there, you're going to continue to fill this void with how people do with vices, food, drinks, drugs, whatever. Um, so I, 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 I wanted to press on that, Lizzie, because I think it's important that we honor the space in that I don't think people connect. And I'm just having like an epiphany aha moment here with you right now. But I don't think people connect mental health and wellness with physical wellness. Mm-hmm. People kind of connected, you know, as far as like, oh, you have back pain and you have migraines and, you know, these are the things, but true physical, you know, even though we, we encourage as therapists, you know, we encourage, you know, get on a treadmill, walk, do whatever, you know, anything to like clear your mind, help get those endorphins moving, um, your parasympathetic nerve, just, you know, helping you out, but we don't connect that. Oh, feeling that you tend to have when you gain weight, because listen, this winter I was eating up a storm and I was just feeling horrible about myself, horrible until I had to kind of figure something out. But it wasn't until I reclaimed, right, the the rebel in me that was just like, 
I'm going through something. I'm stressed. I'm going through this, you know, this, this phase right now in my life that I was just enjoying the good stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, there is a balance that has to be had. There's so mm-hmm. much good stuff in there. Um, I yeah. could go to so many different areas. Yeah. Well, there is a balance. And, and, and that's what I talk about in the book is that kind of Goldilocks zone where we can have the foods that we enjoy. We can, um, you know, indulge ourselves, have the foods that we want. We can rest like that is all important too, but it's, it's one extreme and another extreme. I see a lot on the internet, on social media, where either people are working out every single day, eating only clean foods versus people who are kind of using food as an emotional outlet, for example, and no shame or judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, But both of those ends, I believe, aren't conducive to having a healthy relationship with your body Mm. so as you say I think when we talk about having a healthy relationship with our bodies and having unconditional love for it people kind of roll their eyes just like when you talk about um you know the relationship between mental and physical health people kind of hear about it and they go oh yeah yeah, that's nice same with self-love they go oh yeah okay but they don't really get it they don't really get it. It's like um, when we're stressed, people go, oh, I'm just stressed. Stress is the biggest killer because <laughs> it causes all of these chronic diseases. It gets yes. all in the body. Yes. So um, I know I'm preaching t- to the converted, but it is. <laughs> it is very much like, well, how do we move from just an Instagram hashtag or a headline to giving people practical tools to show them actually it's very easy to move into a state that's conducive to um, honoring our bodies. Um, And that is something that a lot of the diet industry, for example, doesn't want us to be in because if Mm -hmm. we loved ourselves, then guess what? We don't need them anymore. Right. Right. Oh, yes. So you, before I get into the book, I, I, I like, switch my my flow a little bit quickly because um I think it's important to talk about love language Mm. and I would have never thought until I read your book that you can use your love language to communicate compassion to yourself and your body so tell me how can one do so yeah so if I know it's a very popular book, but if you haven't heard of it, go read it. It's amazing. The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And essentially, he argues that in order to um, deepen and develop romantic relationships, we need to understand our our love language and our partner's love language. And when we can communicate to our partner in their love language, um, then we can essentially tell them that we love them Mm-hmm. at a level that it that kind of sinks into their brain they get it right so the side love languages are physical touch words of affirmation um acts of service quality time and gift giving mm-hmm. and i was reading this book because i love my husband very much and i want to deepen my romantic relationship with him so i was reading it for that purpose and whilst i was reading it i thought well, hang on a second, why don't we just turn this around and use this on ourselves? What if we knew our primary love language and we use that on ourselves? So for me, my primary love language is gift giving. Mm -hmm. I love Christmas. I love giving people gifts. That's how I show my love to people. Yeah. But I started to use it on myself and I started to 
gift myself things, you know, it didn't have to be big, it maybe it was a coffee, you know, go to Starbucks down the road and buy myself a coffee. It could be something big, you know, if I wanted to, like a new pair of, you know, yoga pants or something. Right. I don't know. Um, but knowing your primary love language is so powerful because once you know that, you have the power to use that on yourself on a consistent basis in a very time and cost effective manner to consistently show yourself love. So I actually have a quiz on my on my website. It's nutritionbylizzie.com forward slash quiz where people can take a five minute quiz, discover their self-love language, and then I give suggestions as to how you can use the self-love language on yourself in order I to develop more self-love. And this is something that I, it's really funny. You, I speak to a lot of people and they go, I would never have thought to use that on myself. Um, but it's a really, really powerful tool. And, and that's what I'm all about. As I said, you know, giving these tools where all of us can use them. Um, yes. So yeah, that's, that's a self-love language. I love it. Yeah. I also think that part of self-love is forgiving yourself. And you have a chapter of that in your book and that chapter really stood out for me. So I'm just going to just quote this part. So being gentle with ourselves may not come naturally at first. I mean, when was the last time you were nice to yourself? Exactly. Self-compassion is a highly rebellious thing to practice. It involves allowing ourselves to move gently towards what scares us or causes us emotional pain. This is the exact opposite of our natural response to self-protect. There is also a tone of vulnerability involved, and we now know how tricky that can be. I was like, okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> You know, you captured me with that because if it's one thing, of course, I, I, I practice, I, I say in my practice is be gentle with yourself or extend yourself some grace. But what we don't do, it's easy for us, well, for some, to forgive others, you know, to forgive and act like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, your kids spilled something. I'm sorry, mommy, whatever, whatever is going on. And I said, it depends because for some people it, it isn't, but we are worse when it comes to ourselves. We are terrible we speak bad about ourselves, we treat ourselves badly, and the things we say and we aren't able to forgive, mm. that is where trauma then lies in the body. That is where then the stress levels lie in the body and then impact and throw everything off. And so in this chapter, and you talking about like your story, you weighing in and, and, and drinking the water for the weigh-in on, on Tuesdays because that was the day you were going to pick to kind of trick someone else without stopping and saying, hey, I'm sorry that I'm doing this to you because I'm only, while I think that I'm tricking someone else, the medical providers, my mom or whatever, I'm actually doing it to myself. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, Lizzie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a huge, deep one. And it was a very difficult chapter for me to write because it's something that I hadn't shared before, even with my mom who was in, in the situation with me, I hadn't actually articulated it before. But I think what's, first of all, what's important with things um, as big as the giving ourselves and being vulnerable is the courage to actually, you know, say that that 
happened yeah. and the the openness to be like okay yeah I'm not perfect the, the <laughs> because by doing that it's really going against that um that inner critic that you were talking about that inner mean girl yeah. who is is really really um harsh and judgmental and shames us for everything but by actually saying oh yeah this is what happened to me and just being open about the, the stories that we we go through that's kind of um taking away the power of the inner mean girl because you're saying i am no longer shaming or judging myself about or there's less shame and judgment because i'm not trying to hide this this is yeah. this is real this is what happened um, and then once you've acknowledged that, you can start to move into self-forgiveness. Now, it's a very difficult thing for a lot of people to um, achieve mm -hmm. because it's it comes with a lot of heavy, um, deep emotions from the past. Yes. Um, but when we're allowed to, when we allow ourselves, it's a choice. When we allow ourselves to forgive ourselves what we do is we move out of the past and into the present. Mm -hmm. And that is a very thrilling experience. Um, and something that, as I say, it, it's not going to come overnight, but it is very, very powerful when, when we do. Yes. Yes. Oh, that I'm telling you that chapter, I was like, all right, here's where I'm going to sit. Now we're going deep. Hold now we're going that. deep. I, I love going deep. Lizzie. Um, can you give us five tools, five tips, um, five knowledge nuggets that you have so that folks can do the inner work? Of course, guys go on the website, which I'll put it in the show notes so that you can take the quiz on, on what your love language is, but just five tools that people can turn around and say, Hey, you know, it's time for me to stop binging or, um, restricting or yo-yoing. Um, and it's really time for me to love myself, honor myself, love my body enough yeah. to get to where I want to get to. Yeah, that's a beautiful question. And I think the first tool is really the self-awareness mm -hmm. is um, having that ability to acknowledge when your inner mean girl comes up and say, okay. I'm hearing you, but just like when we get up in the morning, we can pick our thoughts just like we pick our clothes from the closet, right? So we're picking our clothes. We're like, oh, okay, I want to try this on today. When we have that awareness of our inner mean girl coming up, when we go and go to judge ourselves, oh, you know, my thighs look huge or I'm so stupid because I spelt that wrong. Whatever thought that comes in, comes in, but then we go to our word closet and go, okay, what actually do I want to wear today? Mm. What do I want to try on and put on that is more in alignment with what I'm creating for myself? Mm. Um, so I think that is, that's a really, really powerful tool and it takes practice. Yes, of and course. Comes, yeah. And that comes to the next tip, which is give yourself grace, uh, the self-compassion piece. And again, that takes practice too. But if we're able to repeat this over and over again, then it becomes easier and easier. It's like any thing that we do in life. It takes yeah. practice. When we begin, it takes a lot of energy and effort and we might, you know, <laughs> mess up sometimes, right. but that's okay. When we become more um, practiced in this, it's going to feel so much easier and so takes so much less effort. It's going to be a thought habit. Yes. So 
those are the top two is give yourself grace and choose your thoughts like you choose your clothes mm-hmm. and have that awareness. Another kind of practical one as it pertains to eating is to, I talk about this in Rebellious Act 7, which is trust your gut. Mm. And that's to tune into your hunger. Because a lot of us have kind of lost connection with our own bodies. We're kind of externally seeking um, people to to advise us what to do, what to eat, when to eat. But actually, what if we tuned into our own hunger levels? So if we rate our hunger on a scale of one to 10, one being I'm completely starving, I can eat my own limb, and 10 being like I'm completely stuffed, I can't move. Um, you know, if we rate our hunger, we can kind of very quickly get more attuned to our own bodies. And this, this is great because you, your hunger scale will be different to your friends, to your sisters, right? Because everybody has a different number. So so someone's four might be your three. But if you are a five or below, eat something. Don't try not to go below a three where you're absolutely, you know, starving. But if you're below a five, then maybe it's time to eat something and stop when you're kind of comfortably full around a seven. And again, that's something that we can keep practice and that it's very, very personalized to to us. Mm. And that just helps us reconnect with our bodies. Um, and then on the movement piece, oh, what I love to do with movement is I create a playlist mm-hmm. so that when I move my body, I don't I don't call it exercise anymore. I call it movement. Mm-hmm. The playlist and music, I think, is really a portal to elevating our vibration. Yeah. And so by creating a playlist that you love, again, this is very personalized to you and very easy to do. You can get into that high vibe sense of, ooh, this feels good and connect that with moving your body. So music, I think, has the ability to make us all feel good in some way or another. So can we connect that to moving our bodies? Yes, we can. So I'm a 90s chick and my playlist is that. (laughs) (laughs) But someone else's might be, you know, rock and I don't know. But that's that's a really cool thing that, that I like to tell my clients is, you know, why not make a playlist so you can move your body and be in that elevated high vibe state? Um and just just move yourself and move exactly <laughs> for me it's either spanish music or african music so oh, whatever that is <laughs> and, and that's the point it's having fun as we yes. engage with our bodies um because i think a lot of the last few decades we've just been sucked with joy from all kinds of things but especially yeah. <laughs> when it comes to our bodies um and I guess the the final thing that I would say is have a cheer squad. That's my final rebellious act. And I do that for a reason. And um, because I think a lot of us like to go it alone or try to carry all of our burdens all by ourselves. I know yeah. I was definitely that person. And by allowing a cheer squad in to support us to be our, our motivation and the people who can nurture us physically and emotionally as we're going through it's our journey so we have to go through it but it's so amazing to have other people on that journey with us um just like an endurance race you know the the runner has to run the endurance race but they have their support team along the race to keep them going and I think that is so so powerful so I highly recommend having a cheer squad of 
friends, family, podcasts like mm. yourself, you know, experts who can support you through that. And that's very different to saying I'm broken. Right. Oh. I'm not good enough. It's just saying I would like a team of people with me in this incredible to push journey. me along. That's yeah. why coaches need coaches. Therapists yep. need therapists. Everyone needs someone to kind of push you along the journey. I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness, Lizzie, you gave us so much. You dropped so many beautiful gems and I'm so appreciative and grateful. Where can people find you? Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me and for your listeners for tuning in. So if you'd like to continue the conversation, the best place to find me is on Instagram at Nutrition by Lizzie. However, as I mentioned before, if you go on my website, there's a lot of, um, you know, goodies, complimentary goodies on there, um, especially the quiz, which is, again, nutritionbylizzie.com forward slash quiz. And there you and, I'll, and I will put that on the show notes. Yeah. Yourself love awesome. language. So, Yay. yeah. Thank yeah, you yeah. so much, Lizzie. So excited. I definitely got a wealth of knowledge, even, you know, in, in my uh, up and down journey, but it just, it was eye-opening and it was refreshing to kind of solidify, um, you know, undoing a lot of things that many people um, were doing before, just in really taking care of your mindset and your, your, um, how you think, how you view yourself and how you love upon yourself so that then you can physically do the work. So thank you so much, Lizzie, for being here. Thank you for all of your knowledge nuggets, guys. I can't wait for you guys to take the quiz and buy the book. (laughs) (laughs) That's on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. So yeah. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeauteousme. Don't forget to use the hashtag beauteousmepodcast for your feedback.